Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast, All the Things ADHD. All the things! That worked. Oh, good. I mean, it cut out a little bit at the end, but it was one of the better ones. Our expectations are so low. I know. Like getting close to meeting them now is like, hooray, we met today. It was a metaphor for my life. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Ugh. I am one of your co-hosts, Lee Scalabro Bassett, also known as Ready Writing on Twitter. And I am your other co-host, Amy Morrison, also known as Digiwonk on Twitter. So um, we got an email from one of our readers that I read and then passed along to Amy because that's how we roll. And mm-hmm. this is from someone whose uh, partner has just been diagnosed in their in her 30s with ADHD and um, they are struggling with, okay, now what? How can I support? How can I better understand? Um, they've been listening to the podcast, which has been really helpful, but really um, asked us if we would do an episode about this. I mean, we are both in um, uh, fairly long-standing marriages, um, right? Nothing happened in the past two weeks since no. <laughs> I was like, why are you hesitating with this information? Do you think that I got divorced in the last two weeks or what? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's just (laughs) that like, I haven't been on Twitter a lot. I was traveling. I'm like, maybe something happened that I don't know. Maybe something happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just missed, right? Because that's, you know, the Facebook algorithm just didn't bother to show it to me, right? That would be like like a classic ADHD awkward conversation moment. And Amy and I are going to talk about how we manage this in our marriages. And I'd be like, oh, Lee. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that, would, that would have been like, I would have been like, okay, so this episode is not airing at this point. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Oh, what I'm going to stop the recording now. Sorry, yeah. everyone. Um, <laughs> What's see, already, boom, just yeah. off to the side. Just yep. gone. Um, so yeah, we thought this would be actually a really great uh, sort of topic because I think it's something that that again, because of both of our also sort of later in life diagnosis as opposed to a childhood diagnosis is that we, um, you know, were in relationships and got married before we knew the diagnosis. We got kids before we knew the diagnosis. Um, It was our kids that led us to our diagnoses. And so, you know, um, still the same kids, still the same husbands, but uh, (laughs) you know, but, but slightly different circumstances, right. Where there is this, there is the shift that, that, that um inevitably takes place right once you once you well let's let's start there let's start there and say like that that narrative that you're describing of like not diagnosed in childhood right comes to adulthood without a diagnosis or being flagged for a diagnosis and you know get married and have kids and then kids get diagnosed and then you get diagnosed like I think that's an important context here because um it means that everyone in the family is confused right? Everyone in the family is confused. This is a new diagnosis for everybody. So um, if you are partnered with someone recently or diagnosed in adulthood with ADHD, this is a learning process for all of you, right? And that that it's going to be uh, a lengthy process uh, and that there will be 
uh, mistakes made by everyone. There will be things that you think that you understand about yourself as a person with ADHD or things you think you understand about your partner having ADHD that turn out to be wrong, but everybody's already lived their whole lifetime up until this moment with their various sorts of coping strategies and their various sorts of self-narratives and their various uh, types of understanding of who they are as people and what parts of them are character and which parts of them are um, mutable or immutable. And you have a sense of your partner and they have a sense of themselves and uh, you have a sense of your kids if you have any kids and and all of that changes for everybody because the diagnosis comes into the family right yeah, it exactly. comes into the romantic partnership it comes into the workplace because it fundamentally shifts um, how the person who has been diagnosed is going to understand themselves um, it's possibly going to really rock their autobiographical sense of themselves um, but also it may entail you know, a lot of doctor's appointments, it may entail some new therapy, it may entail some uh, resistance, it may go into the Kubler-Rossian stages of, of grief, right? Yeah. It may begin with denial, right? It may move into anger, um, who knows, but it's a, it's a process. It's not like, you know, I've it just diagnosed into, you. Yeah, it may move into a whole bunch of tried and failed medications where yeah. the side effects of the medication that didn't work are um, uh, scary and confusing and, um you know, awful, yeah. uh, which is, uh, which is, you know, um, that's one of the things that, that tends to scare some people off medication generally is that if you don't get the right one on the first time, um, you know, it, it's, it can be so bad mm -hmm. that you don't want to try anything else right? yeah. where, where that, that becomes. And so you're also dealing with, and you might not even associate even the side effects at first with the medication. Right. Yeah. That is all of a sudden this person has changed and I don't understand why they've changed. And then, you know, you sort of make uh, eventually free associate to like, well, maybe it's the pills. Like you just started taking these pills and then yeah. like a week later, um, you know, so that's I think that that's something that uh, like is the first thing, particularly as as somebody who's trying to support someone, if they are um you know, taking medication, like, and again, executive functioning isn't our strong point. So I'm not going to keep track of the day I started taking my medication and what day I started feeling like crap. Right? right. It's like every time I go to the doctor and they're like, so when was your last period? And I'm like, I don't know, not today, not today. Yeah. yeah. There's now and there's not now. Yeah, exactly. Well, and so I mean, like, the medication, oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that, like, I'll go to the doctor and be like, when did you start having these symptoms? And I'll be like, I don't know, before today. Right. Like, long enough that it got bad enough that I decided to come here. I don't know how long that is. Maybe it's a couple of weeks. Maybe it's a couple of days. I'm not actually sure right now. Like, um, you know, and I'm trying to think, was it before the meeting I had with so-and-so after the meeting I had with so-and-so? Did I have this while I was? So like, if, if you can do some of that just on the side, you know, to, to be able to kind of help out, because that's the kind of information that, we eventually need to be able to have conversations with our doctors, but we don't necessarily have it. Right. And you don't even have to make a big deal out of it because then it will be resentment and all that kind of stuff, but just be like, yeah, I've, I've noticed this. I've been kind of keeping track of it for you. I hope that's, you know, I hope right. That's, okay. that's something that's really dodgy and probably we should yeah, spend no. time 
thinking about that because like, so I mentioned like your autobiographical sense of yourself as a newly yeah. diagnosed person may change and you may be wary about medication. Many people are all the Facebook groups that you and I seem to be in Lee is always like, and if I take more vitamin C and cut gluten, will I, you know, get better? So I don't have to take these yeah. meds. And is there a fish like, oil I can take? Is there yeah. some omega? Yeah. And then people be like, stop slamming on meds. Like it every day yeah. there's that conversation. Right. But, yeah. but when like the medications here, it's not like you go to the doctor for uh, a sinus infection and they give you some antibiotics and then you get better. Right. Um, yeah. when you get diagnosed with ADHD, it turns out all the things that you hated about yourself were maybe not your fault. Um, yeah. and, and then it turns out that there's something wrong with your brain, which many people don't want to hear about themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the medications that are highly stigmatized, um, you know, partially because you should not have to take medication for your brain, right? That's a that's a thing that that continues, right? I don't want to become a zombie. I don't want this, that, and the other. But also because I don't want to be know, addicted to it. I don't like, want to be addicted. Yeah, that these are drugs of abuse. Also makes yeah. people very wary. So um, it's very you have to be really careful about how to support someone who is yeah. beginning a medication regime because to say things like um, like you're changing like you're a mm -hmm. different person now is going to be experienced probably as extremely threatening. So if you're, yeah. if you want to support someone going through a medication um, regime beginning, like, because as Lee says, you have to try different drugs. Usually the first one doesn't work or the first dose doesn't work. And it is true. And it is terrifying that sometimes when you are taking these drugs, you don't notice some of the changes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that is uh, profoundly disempowering to start a psychoactive medication and have to be told by your romantic partner that actually you are crying every day now and you don't usually do that. You feel like, oh, I should have noticed that. And, yeah. oh, I'm not in control of my own brain. It's like, almost like you are, are um, being diagnosed with some type of cognitive um, issue where you aren't even entitled to narrate your own experience at this point. So yeah. something that, that Tom and I went through, and this is something I suggest for others is discuss with your partner what they want. Like, so yeah. the person who has ADHD gets to say, um, I just wish that I could organize a to-do list. I wish I knew what to start with in the morning. Like my main challenge is executive function. And I am hoping that the medication will help me um, be able to start in the morning and finish in the evening. Do not jump in with like, well, do you think it'll help you like stop talking so much? Like, because if the person with ADHD is willing to admit they need help with one thing, don't dump a bunch more things on them and say, well, these are the things about you that I think you need to change. And like, nobody yeah. does that maliciously, right? No. So like you can say like, I'm going to start this new drug and we're ramping up and the side effects might be this. Like, I think you should talk about this with your partner so that you can be partners in it instead of a yeah. patient and an observer, right? This is like kind of yeah. a family diagnosis. And so say like, you know, I'm afraid like if this kills my appetite, like if you notice I'm not eating, can you like remind me? Or um, like, I, I feel like I'm a bit more anxious than usual. Like, is, is that your experience as well? You see that in me, right? So follow the diagnosed person's lead and what kind of help they're asking you for about yeah. monitoring their beginning of medication. Like Tom helps me remember to take my pills. Right. So I think I've discussed this before. It's like, he takes his medication at night and it's in this one cabinet in um, the kitchen. And when he takes it at night, he puts it all on the counter and then he puts mine on the counter so that when I get up in the morning, I can see, I can verify that he took his nighttime meds and it <laughs> reminds me to take my daytime meds. And then I put them back in the cupboard. And if they don't go in the cupboard, then at noon, uh, he'll be like, did you take your Vyvanse today? And I'll be like, is it on the counter? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, shit. 
right? Yeah. I could go back. Like, so those are ways that that's that actually a really good system. Cause I'll it's sit there system. and I put them by, I put them by our, uh, we have a water filter fancy thing anyway. Right. And so I put it there. So I would see them and I remember to take the water, take the pills, but then there's no system for me to know if I have taken them or yeah. not. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, did I take these this morning? Yeah. Uh, so I also I, I'm still working them. on that. Like one week at a time, I have a bottle Uh, and I just put seven pills in them every Sunday night. That's a great idea. (laughs) Right. That's the, that's that's the second fail safe. Like, but the thing with your partner here is that if they're going to start a medication treatment, they are probably already really nervous Mm -hmm. about what's going to change, right? Is my brain going to be different? Am I going to feel like a quote unquote, completely different person, right? Am I going to suffer these side effects that you see, like the horror stories of people saying, it turned my child into a zombie or like, I completely changed. Like everybody who starts medication is really afraid of that at the Mm -hmm. same time as they are really, really hopeful that some of the hardest parts of their lives will maybe be improved by this medication. So it's a very emotionally and cognitively and physically very vulnerable space. So I would say to support someone in that before the medication regime starts, talk about what the ADHD person's desired outcomes of medication treatment are, what they would consider to be an unacceptable side effect, what types of observational data they want from you as a supporting partner to to help them through that initial thing and like what kinds of feedback they don't want, like probably the worst thing that you would have been able to say to me is like, oh, this medication is like making you like crazy or this medication is like turning you into a working robot or like maybe I should take some of that because it feels like you're cheating and getting all these things done, right? Because it was very scary um, to start meds and be like, am I gonna be the same person? Um, And so your partner probably needs you to love them, right? Yeah. And for you to follow their lead about what they want. Yeah. And I think that there's, I mean, there is something, there's those stages too, right? Where, um, and we talked about this in one of the really early episodes around grieving after the diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and around like, cause it, there's, there's a, there's a definite loss there, right? Yeah. There is a loss of, um, you know, there's the looking back, as you said, it changes the autobiography, but there's also this sense of what if, right? What if I had just, what if I had got the diagnosis when I was nine or what if, you know, I had known or my parents had known when I was 14 and going through all this crap and that it was because of the ADHD. What if I had, you know, recognized, um, (laughs) that internally beating myself up about things for not fitting in, for not being able to do the things that everybody else was able to do was actually because of ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that that's a, that's, you know, it, it might from the outside appear like, okay, well, you got your diagnosis, right? Like that's, right. You, you, you know, now, you know, and knowing it half the battle, it's like, yeah, it's only <laughs> it's half. only half. Yeah. It's only half. The other yeah. half is like, you, you've got a lot of, of, you know, it, it, it really does change the way you view yourself and your identity. And it changes the way, um, you know, you view, you know, you have to get used to those inter- everyday interactions. So all of those things that you took for granted that you've sort of learned and all that kind of stuff, all of a sudden that becomes right. Like you're, you're almost living it twice now, where it's like, this is a normal interaction that I would usually have. But also now that I know that I have ADHD, I'm noticing that all of these things I usually feel that I either thought were normal or knew were abnormal, but didn't do anything about because I just thought I'm a weirdo, right? Now I'm recognizing them as ADHD. Oh my goodness. Now, what does that mean? And how do I, you know, it's, it's, 
you as a partner, as a romantic partner, um, or even best friend, if that's the case, are probably one of the first people that they told, right? If not the first person, right? First person who knows is the doctor who diagnoses it. Chances are you're the very next person, right? And yeah. um, and that's that's a lot, right? Like that is an incredible amount where like they have just heard it and then you are just hearing it and they have probably not processed uh, in any way, shape, yeah. or form. And that, and that processing can take some time. And it continues, like it, yeah. it continues, right? I was digging through some stuff in the attic and I found uh, my grade 13 uh, report card, my final report card of senior year. And I got like a 64 in physics and it says, uh, low mark is entirely due to lack of effort on term mm-hmm. work, right? Yeah. And I was like, shit. And it brought me right back into that spiral. Cause like, it was because I didn't hand in the thing that was worth 30%. So I basically got like 64 out of 70, right? So yeah. it should have been an exceptionally good mark. And it wasn't. And I like just went back through all of that and I got angry and I got sad and, and, and all of these things. And, and so like, while people begin the medication and they're afraid it's going to change who they are inside their brain, just the fact of having the diagnosis and trying to refilter all of your experiences of your life already makes you feel like you might have been a different person the whole time yeah. and you don't understand yourself. And that makes the newly diagnosed person very vulnerable to feeling like now no one will love them or they will be rejected, right? Because their own sense of who they are as a person has been radically destabilized. They really do need for the people who love them to accept them unequivocally for who they are. Like when I told my friend, uh, Megan, you know, the one who sewed the jacket pocket on the wrong side of the jacket and then walked Mm -hmm. away. Yeah. Um, When I told her, I was like, oh, Megan, you know, I got, and I've known her since I was like a wee child. And I said, oh, I get this diagnosis. Like, I, you know, I've been through the whole testing and I'm diagnosed autistic and ADHD. And she went, huh, tell me more about that. Like, why, you know, why'd you go through that? And I explained and she just sort of sat there and she just received, right? And then she said like, okay, I can see that, right? Like, and it wasn't like, oh yeah. my God, we all knew, which would have yeah. made me feel defensive or like, but you're yeah. so successful, which would have also made me defensive. Like she just opened a space um, for me to tell her my story. And then she just kind of let it land for her and then mm-hmm. affirmed my reality without editorializing yeah. about it. Right. And like, that is a really powerful thing to do. So probably it's not great for you as a partner to say, oh God, yeah. Do you remember that time we went on the road trip and we ran out of gas because like you for like, that was probably your ADHD. Like, do not bring those things up. Right. Yeah. Like the, I'm sure the person is sifting through their own memories quite effectively enough. So it is not for you as a partner to try to backfill the person's autobiography because they already feel a little bit threatened in their subjectivity and selfhood. Let the person rewrite their own autobiography and then receive it, right? Don't add commentary on top of it. Don't like try to readjust the narrative to fit something you want because it is a very dodgy process of rebuilding your sense of yourself without saying like, you know, I think all these times that people were talking about my, my potential, it may have been, I was frazzled, like, do not interrupt and then say like, but was it actually that, or was it something different? Right. Because that just to be able to be vulnerable enough to share that insight and say, I've changed the way I view my past is such yeah. a scary thing to engage. Oh, in. Yeah. Do not contradict the person. Do not add more details. Just listen and be there and assure the person that you love them, right? So far as you are concerned, they are the same person, right? Um, And just 
make a space for listening and then hold that space and then hold that person. They're just so fragile, so fragile, even if it looks like they're yelling all the time and getting really angry about their grade school teachers or their parents or crying a lot about something or, you know, making a lot of wild plans for the future when their brain works again, like all of those emotions are rooted in a kind of rescripting of the self that's quite vulnerable, even if it doesn't always look that way. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest challenges through that rescripting process is going through and figuring out, okay, what's been masking and what has not been and trying to drop masks that even with you as their most intimate partner, they have kept up. Right. Yeah. Because there, there are certain things where, especially when we're going through the process and saying was, is this just a mask that I've gotten so used to wearing that this is quote unquote normal and I'm not doing it because I want to impress you. I'm doing it because this is how normal is supposed to look like. And so therefore I will appear normal. And so they might, they might drop that mask. Right. Yeah. And, and um, behave in ways that you are not used to. And mm-hmm. that may be also frustrating um, because in, in part, because you're not used to it um, in part, because they are leaning into their neurodivergency um, and, and trying it on, right. What does mm. it mean to, um, sort of just be okay with not remembering people's names, right? Like I'm just taking a little one, right. <laughs> what is it to be, no, but I, like, what is it to be okay with, you know, maybe, maybe the dishes do stay on the counter an extra night, right. Where I usually beat myself up or like go to bed super late because I get up and be like, oh crap, I didn't put the dishes away. And I know that I, you know, like, that, that, those are small actions, but there's, you know, there's a, a range of things and a range of coping strategies and masking that um, people with ADHD have done um, sub, almost subconsciously, right? In an attempt to appear normal. Yeah, that which is how you get- It's exhausting. Well, um, yeah, but that's how you manage to land in your 30s never having been diagnosed. Right? Exactly. Because masking yeah. has been very successful. Yeah. As, as yeah. masking, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think part of it is um, part of the reason why maybe many of us actually get it in our thirties or later is because we're so damn tired. Like we don't have yeah. that energy anymore. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just like, I'm so tired all the time. Why am I so tired all the time? And again, it often, because of the internalization and the years and years of, of beating ourselves up internally, again, it is often diagnosed initially as depression and anxiety in women and not yeah. actually ADHD. Yeah. Um, and so there are, you know, there are all these different things where it's like, it, it's thinking about, okay, what was it about my ADHD that made me depressed? Right. Yeah. And then thinking yeah. through that process and saying, well, and, and trying out and saying, well, what if I didn't do that anymore? Yeah. Yeah. What if I, right. Is this an essential part of my daily life or could I let yeah. this go? Right. Like, and, yeah. and I think that's really, um, that's very common. And, you know, in my paper, we keep talking about not the Robocop paper now, but the, the autism paper that had 92 things in the work cited list um, has a chunk on um, how often people, once they are diagnosed, um, other people experience the post-diagnosis as you became more autistic, right? You became, mm-hmm. you, you know, turned ADHD, but yeah. that's what happens when a newly diagnosed person is like, um, what if I didn't suppress all my stims, right? So the, the yeah. 
inclination to the behavior was there the whole time. They were just so busy masking it that releasing the mask feels to outside observers as though the person has created new behaviors, whole cloth. I mean, and, and sometimes that is experienced by, you know, the bystanders as something negative, like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to leave my dishes on the counter until the next day because yeah. it is in fact overwhelming. And I am, you know, holding to a, a Betty Crocker housewife standard that is somebody else's values and not mine. And, and, I actually, and I'm exhausted at night and I don't care. Right. Like it doesn't yeah. keep me up at night. And if it does keep you yeah. up at night, then maybe you need to put the dishes in the dishwasher. I'm just right. Or it's something we can, we can negotiate, right? Like <laughs> yeah. I am never going to do that. So if you take this on, then I will do this other thing you don't like to yeah. do. So you can negotiate that. So it's like, sometimes that, that reduction in masking is experienced as a creation of new difficulties for the loved ones but also sometimes the reverse is true with that we will end this week's episode and pick up next week um where amy is going to continue talking about um some of the good parts that can come from um uh embracing your adhd or neurodivergent self blah um as always i am ready writing on twitter and amy is digiwonk on twitter uh you can email us at all the things adhd at gmail.com or visit our website all the things um hope you join us again next week um uh for another episode of all the things adhd uh part two of our conversation about being in a relationship with someone with adhd thanks everyone for listening Have a great day.